Hi, and welcome to the Point Being podcast or video podcast, as the case may be. Uh, I'm Sarah Garrett-Gasson, our editorial page editor at the Arizona Daily Star. We're joined here today by Eddie Salai, our opinion writer. How's it going, folks? I'm playing Alice here. And uh, he's our podcast producer, David Fitzsimmons, our cartoonist and columnist. Here for valueless input. And we're, we have a special guest today, uh, Major Mayor Regina Romero. Major, a major, major, <laughs> major. important guest, Mayor Regina Romero, Mayor of Tucson. Thank you for, for joining us. Thank you for inviting me, uh, Sarah, and I appreciate being uh, joined by Eddie and Fitz, and I'm uh, ready for a really good conversation. It's going to be fun. Excellent. I think the first question, Eddie, you were uh, talking about, you know, the deadline that's coming up. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I figure that's the, the first thing we'd want to definitely talk about. I think most people are aware that Governor Doug Ducey's uh, kind of stay-at-home order uh, ends on April 30th. That's this Friday. Um, if he chooses to just let it expire or he decides to extend it in a way that you don't think is uh, uh, – commensurate to what we need here in Tucson. Uh, what, what, do, what do you plan to do? Well, um, my um, emergency declaration also expires April 30th. And I, and I did that uh, so that I could stay in concert with the executive orders put out by Governor Ducey. I wholeheartedly want to work with Governor Ducey on doing the right thing. Um, I, I want, as I see the value in having a statewide directive, I do. Um, but I, I maintain, and we should all maintain, that we should follow science, right? And what science is telling us, uh, and what the CDC guidelines uh, put out um, regarding how to phase in reopening the economy. I, um, just like everyone else, am very concerned about our economy. I want us to, um, to come back. I know what this is doing to hurt small locally owned businesses. Mm -hmm. um, and so I take that very serious. But at the same time, this, uh, this virus is deadly and it's killing off Arizonans. It's killing off Tucsonans. And we have to use the guidelines that we have in front of us. Both the CDC put out guidelines on how to reopen and Pima County put the Pima mm -hmm. County Health Department put out really good guidelines uh, to, to meet certain criteria that will uh, give us guidance on how to open. Part of that criteria is, is the disease criteria, right? Having 14 days of, decreasing positive cases? Do we have 14 days of decreasing COVID-related deaths? Are we seeing a 14-day decrease in symptomatic cases? We haven't. And um, that's not going to happen in two days. And so um, as much as I want to stay in concert with uh, Governor Ducey's executive orders, because I see value in that, uh, that is not happening in two days. Another thing that is concerning me a lot is that when the crisis first started, the governor's office was reaching out to mayors across Arizona to give us information, to share knowledge, and to get our feedback. That was happening um, every day for at least three weeks. 
then most recently, he moved those daily meetings to twice a week. And, um, and then starting, as, starting last week, he stopped communicating with the mayors throughout Arizona. And that was a platform where the mayors would hear information as to what was happening, what plans they had. Uh, but they also gave us an opportunity to ask questions, to give input. And we haven't been doing that in the past week and a half. And so um, we're two days off from that April 30th deadline. And I, as the mayor of Tucson, um, still don't know what plans he has. So it's very concerning that um, we're two days away from an executive order expiring and we still don't know the plans of Governor Ducey. Do you plan to extend your emergency order, whether or not the governor does um, the same at the state level? I would advocate for the governor to, um, he just announced a, um, a uh, testing blitz that, that he wants to do throughout Arizona. I believe it's 60,000 tests throughout Arizona in the next two to two, three weeks. What I would advocate for, um, since we are not meeting the criteria uh, to open in phase one yet, what I, I would advocate the governor do is extend his executive order another 15 days, enough time so that we can have that testing done, analyze the data, and look at um, the uh, criteria, if that criteria in terms of decreasing COVID uh, positive cases, all of those criteria that I just talked about, if they start moving downwards in the next 14 days, it at least gives us that time to prepare ourselves and, uh, and to be fully um, sure uh, that we are seeing those decreases happen in our state and hopefully in our in our city and, and in Pima County as well. So that's what I would that's what I want to advocate for um, because it is very concerning that the spread is continuing and if people get the message that we can start relaxing. Um, that's the message that people are thinking you know we have a couple days left then we can restart, go out, that sort of thing. But independent of what the governor does, what are your plans for the city of Tucson? Well, I, I would say, you know, I would continue with uh, my emergency proclamation uh, for the next 15 days because that gives us a good threshold to see if we can abide by that criteria of decreasing 14 days continuous days of decreasing COVID positive cases, uh, decreasing symptomatic cases, decreasing deaths related to COVID-19. But you have to remember, Sarah, that when the governor called um, his executive order regarding uh, essential services, mm -hmm. he basically preempted cities, towns, and counties from, um, from doing anything about um, defining essential services. And so there is a possibility that if he does change, which he will have to change his executive order when it expires, that he could preempt cities, towns, and counties from, um, from calling their own executive orders um, related to 
what's best for their community. So there is that possibility there. That's why I keep saying I want to work in coordination and partnership with the governor. I, I wish that uh, his office, he and his office would um, would touch base with mayors across Arizona again before he makes his call because we're the front lines, right? The mayors and cities and counties, we're the front lines of, um, of um, uh, outreach and engaging with the community. We know Was what there any explanation for why suddenly radio silence? No. Interesting. That sounds so unfortunate because it sounds to me as though those meetings, not only with the governor, were useful, but opportunities for you, Madam Mayor, to talk with other mayors around the state to get a sense of how they are reacting with and dealing with the coronavirus. Are you guys still in touch? I mean, the rest of the mayors? Um, well, what I have done about four weeks ago, um, or maybe a little longer, I... Um, started uh, organizing a calls with mayors here in Pima County. So the mayor of Oro Valley, Sahuarita, South Tucson, Marana, uh, and myself meet um, virtually daily. And we've invited Pima County and the Pima County Health Department. We also have recently invited the chairman of the Native Nations, the Yaqui and the Tonotam Nation. And um, just so that we can touch base, um, compare notes, get information from Pima County Health Department. And so we're doing that, but but the Arizona-wide mayor's calls with the governor is, is not happening. I have really good communication with my colleague mayors, uh, not just here in Pima County, but throughout the state. And so we have been able to um, get together and write letters. Uh, I don't know if you recall that the mayors of Phoenix and, and Flagstaff and Tolis and myself um, really um, had a united front when it came to the essential services list mm -hmm. that the governor put out. And so uh, we will continue to do that. The communication uh, amongst a few of us throughout the state is, is still very much present. And um, I'm going to continue doing that uh, for the benefit of, you know, Arizonans throughout the state. But for me, it's important to uh, make sure that I'm that I'm keeping uh, Tucsonans as, as safe as we possibly can. This the only tool we have in the toolbox right now is the physical distancing. We don't have a vaccine. We don't have um, uh, um, uh a magic pill that can help through uh, through the process. So right now, uh, we have to continue using this one tool we have in terms of physical distancing uh, so that we can help prevent the spread. And I think because we made the call, uh, some of us in, around the state, like uh, Mayor Kay Gallego of Phoenix, Mayor Coral Evans from Flagstaff and myself, we made the call um, March 17th. Uh, because we acted quickly, we are seeing that the staffing and beds in our hospitals here in Pima County has remained um, has remained very uh, um, uh, very robust, and so we don't have our healthcare system overwhelmed, um, even though we are seeing numbers of COVID cases rise in Pima County. Do you think that is? Because I'm reading letters to the editor, the communication that we receive, um, 
it's sort of like proving a negative in the terms of things aren't happening. So then you get people thinking, oh, well, it's not that big a deal. Everything's fine. We can just go back to normal. You know, the hurricane didn't hit us. Um, how do you communicate that with people who are understandably uh, concerned about their livelihoods and education and business and all that sort of stuff? What we've learned with this pandemic is that science is real and it's important. And that what scientists and epidemiologists throughout the world are telling us is that the physical distancing is what is controlling um, the spread from continuing to happen. And so for Tucsonans um, and, and, and Pima County residents that are concerned, I am concerned. I'm very, very concerned about our economy, our locally owned small businesses. Um, I am very concerned about the livelihood of, uh, of residents in Tucson. Um, but what we also know is that this particular pandemic is hitting our economy hard. And if we don't uh, continue to control the spread, since we have no vaccine, it will continue hitting our economy. And so if we relax, um, it's a false hope, right? It's a false hope that, oh, look, you know, we don't, our hospitals are not overwhelmed. We have enough ICU beds. The reason we have enough ICU beds and ventilators and hospital beds is because we are, we have taken this stay home uh, approach and physical distancing approach. And so um, if we don't, if we don't, continue using this tool, then the spread will continue into the fall and winter and our economy will continue to suffer because if we let loose too quickly, um, then the, that spread will continue. We might have to make another call in the future, in the fall, in the winter, where we have to, again, um, stay at home and uh, and start closing up things again. And we don't want to do that. Uh, Madam Mayor, I have a question. I, I assume that you're you're talking with people much smarter than myself about the future. And in my mind are Tucson institutions that feel too beloved to fail, like El Casino Ballroom, Huero Canelo, uh, the Rialto, the Fox, uh, the Jazz Festival, Gem and Mineral Show. What do you think the spring of 2021 will look like? And what can the city do to soften the pain for those kind of institutions? Absolutely right. Our institutions, our local institutions, our beloved locally owned small businesses um, like El Minuto and um, Los Carritos, La Estrella Bakery, um, El Casino Ballroom. Um, of course, the Rialto, the Fox Theater. I mean, all of these uh, institutions in the city of Tucson that we want to help protect. Um, what I would say is that hopefully by a gem show um, 2021, we can, um, we can adjust to being able to host it here in Tucson once again, as we've done uh, the last, I think it's 50 years. 
um, and and that we could do it in an, in an organized um, and um, acceptable way where we don't continue uh, spreading. But what uh, what I've what I can tell you, what we've done here in the city of Tucson is that one, um, I organized a Somos Uno, it's, it's called We Are One Somos Uno Resiliency Fund. And in coordination and in partnership with my council colleagues, uh, we funded the Somos Uno Resiliency Fund to the tune of a million dollars. And we're working, it's, it's a three-legged stool, that resiliency fund. It's small businesses and how we can help them. Nonprofit organizations, because we have beloved organizations that help very vulnerable communities that we don't want to go away. We don't want to see them fail. Uh, they also need help because they're going to see their, their donations dwindle. And then, of course, the workers and families component of the resiliency fund. Uh, those um, domestic workers, day laborers, uh, restaurant workers, hotel workers, gig economy workers, we got to uh, help them um, uh, really be resilient throughout these trying times. And I'm, I'm fundraising and we're looking at the possibility of how we can fund the workers and families piece. On the small business component, we... Um, are working with the Business Development Finance Corporation, the City of Tucson Industrial Development Authority, uh, the Pima County um, uh, Community Investment Corporation, many other partners in, this, in the Tucson uh, Metro Chamber to, um, to distribute 0% interest loans uh, to locally owned small businesses. We are seeing fast that that million dollars is not going to be enough. And so we are looking at how, how else to invest in the small business component of the resiliency fund. I'm also putting together an economic development advisory council that will be representative of experts at Eller at the University of Arizona, uh, restaurant owners, workers, um, small business owners, uh, hotel uh, and uh, entertainment industry and moving on, giving me advice and the, and the city council and, and the city manager advice on policy that we can work on quickly to help lift off our, our economy in the, in the near future. So um, those are the things that we can do. There's still more that we can do, um, but uh, that those are the steps that we've taken so far. On a personal note, I'm curious, uh, as all of us at the Star experience from time to time, we all get a little partisan heat from critics who disagree with us. And I, I was astonished by the story about what TPD has been going through but with these First Amendment crazies. Uh, that's my characterization, uh, which tells us that there's a lot of strange heat out there. And I'm wondering, how are you dealing with the heat? Um, very well, actually. I, I, I think that the majority of, of input that I've been receiving on my social media platforms and, and through our email um, at the mayor's office is that we've, we've taken the appropriate and right steps uh, to protect our, our community and lives are not something that we can play with. 
Um, and the calls that I've made have not been because it's uh, politically opportunistic. You know, it's, 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 not, it's not a political game here. Um, it's, it's about coordination, working together. Um, and I want to continue doing that with uh, Governor Ducey, with Pima County Health Department and, and Pima County Board of Supervisors, uh, because it's not about who makes the call first. It's about making the right call um, for, uh, for the residents of Tucson. And so, you know, I've been in, in politics for more, not just as an elected official, but as a public servant, as a, as a community activist for the last 25 years of my life. And so, um, I know that, uh, for one reason or the other, uh, people are not going to like me. Um, but as long as people keep voting for me and I am, I'm clear, I'm transparent with what I want for our community, um, then, you know, there's, there's always going to be the naysayers. There's always going to be the people that uh, hit you for one reason or the other, don't like you for one reason or the other. Uh, and I just have to keep on trekking forward um, so that we can work on for the benefit of everyone in Tucson, not just those that vote for me or like me, mm -hmm. but even those um, that insult me on social media. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on a very personal note, quickly, I want to share with you uh, my sorrow at the loss of our friend, uh, Supervisor Elias. Thank you a so great much. Soul. Thank you so much. Richard um, had been my friend for more than 22 years, and he was a mentor and saw me grow as an elected official. I met him before I, I ever got elected as a, as a young activist and as a co-worker in Pima County. We, wor we worked side by side when I did neighborhood reinvestment and he did housing reinvestment. Um, we've always, we always maintained um, similar values. And so it was a huge shock uh, a great loss for all of us. I think you fits. Um, it was a big, big loss for for so many of us. And I miss him dearly. Me yeah, too. we all do. So Eddie, what you were gearing up for a question? Yeah, um, so on the end of our time together. But I was just wondering if um, the city had received the CARE Act uh, funds yet. And if you had, uh, what you think of the guidelines uh, on how, how the city's able to, to use them? Uh, would you be able to implement them uh, in what we were talking about earlier with FITS? Thank you so much for bringing that up, Eddie, because uh, the city of Tucson did receive, you know, when you work from home, <laughs> when you work from home, you uh, uh, you just keep on working. <laughs> I didn't know that about working from home. <laughs> <laughs> it never ends. You're seven, you're at home seven, and you're working. Yeah, nine to nine. Um, but it, I've had the opportunity to to call personally our congressional delegation, uh, both our senators, Congressman Grijalva, Congresswoman Kirkpatrick, advocate for the needs of the city of Tucson when they were putting together the CARES Act. That's one of the reasons why um, they uh, had direct funding for cities, uh, over 500,000 people, because it was just me, you know, calling them every day until <laughs> we got a positive confirmation about them, including that direct funding. And so, um, 
that funding does come, did get to the city of Tucson. It's about $95 million. The, the only uh, concern that we have is that um, it only allows the city of Tucson to use it for COVID-related expenses. Um, and we will use it for COVID-related expenses. How is that um, defined, too? How, how are those COVID? It's defined as um, additional PPE for our first responders. It's defined as um, any IT issues because of people working from home. Uh, it's very, very constricted and well-defined by the federal government. And one of the issues that I'm continuing to talk to both Senator Sinema and McSally and, and, and uh, our congressional delegation about is that the city of Tucson lives on sales taxes. Obviously, because people are not purchasing, our, our sales tax revenue is going, it already shows a 20% decrease in, in, uh, in March. We will continue to see that. Uh, we need to see revenue replacement um, in the next CARES Act for cities and states. And let me tell you why. Because um, police, fire, parks, um, a lot of the road repair that we see, water services, trash services, all of these services are funded through sales taxes. And we need our own uh, paycheck protection program as cities, not just because we want to keep employees employed, but because we want to keep as, as close to we possibly can the services that, that we provide residents in our community. <coughs> Um, and so there are many cities across America that are already talking about layoffs and furloughs. And if, if the city of Tucson um, starts to do that, then we are only adding to a bad economy. And so, and at the same time, we're diminishing services to Tucsonans. And so um, I will continue to push our congressional delegation to advocate for uh, revenue replacement for cities and states. And um, it, it, it could get based on what we're hearing from George Hammond from the Eller College at the university, a you know, prime economist here. It can get very, very scary as we move forward in terms of our economy. And so um, that, that's, that's why we need that revenue replacement. So hopefully in the CARES 2 Act, uh, they will let us retroactively use some of these $95 million funds um, to replace some revenue. But in the meantime, we are using that money to take care of our, our most vulnerable residents um, you know, helping with, uh, with our homeless community, making sure that the spread is not happening there. It's a very vulnerable community with a lot of potential for spread it, spreading COVID-19. So you've heard that we we're providing hotel rooms, um, for, uh, the homeless community. Uh, we also are doing everything we can, like I said, with a million dollars for the small businesses. Um, and we're, planning on how to continue um, investing those funds on, uh, on vulnerable populations and people that have been affected by, by COVID-19. 
Excellent. Well, thank you so much for spending your time with us today. We really appreciate it. Anything we didn't cover that you wanted to to share with with Tucsonans? Well, <laughs> I think that uh, I just want to reiterate um, how impressed I am first and foremost with Tucsonans and um, many are, are following the social distancing guidelines. Many are uh, doing everything they can for their neighbors, especially their elderly neighbors. Um, I'm very impressed by our teachers and their commitment to teach our kids uh, through these difficult times. Um, thank God for teachers because I'm not a good teacher myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and to our small business owners that I am working 24-7 to, um, to have a plan, put together a plan to revive our economy swiftly, quickly, and stronger. And I do not take for granted the sacrifices that each and every resident in the city of Tucson is making to protect each other and, the, and our families. And so um, I, I am working um, 24-7 to look at uh, economic development policies that will help um, as soon as we possibly can start moving to a phase one approach a, a, a slow approach to reopening our economy, but I'm looking at everything we possibly can do in terms of policy uh, to help families and workers, to help nonprofits and small businesses come out of this stronger. So I thank you all for the platform, giving me a little bit of time um, and I appreciate your hard work because I know that uh, the Arizona Daily Star employees are also going through a difficult time in terms of furloughs Um, and how you have to adjust to this crisis. So thank you all. And um, hopefully we we can get to a point in terms of our guidelines and our our, our, health care capacity uh, to start moving in a a phased approach and an organized approach towards reopening our economy back up. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you all. Thank you so much. Have yourself a good one. You too.